TCL is a proud sponsor of the 1500 ESPN Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. This manic news-filled Monday, the 12th of November, brings you Scoop Podcast episode 184. I wanted to get something posted as soon as possible on the Jimmy Butler trade front. The trade is now official as of noon on Monday. Now, whether Jimmy is undergoing his physical later today remains to be seen. All parties need to pass physicals before guys can play for their new team. So it remains to be seen whether Covington, Sarich, and Bayless are in uniform for the Wolves on Monday night. But I do know that all three are in town as of Monday morning. Jimmy, the word is, won't play for Philadelphia until it's game on Wednesday. So his physical may be delayed. I know he was in town as recently here in the Twin Cities as of Sunday. He actually rented an escape room at Ridgedale. Him and his buddies had a little going-away party on Sunday afternoon at Ridgedale Mall in the West Metro. But whether it's Monday night against Brooklyn or Wednesday, the new Wolves will make their debut this week here in Minnesota. Later in the week, I don't know how I'll divide it up, but Brian Windhorst of ESPN will join the podcast. Bobby Marks of ESPN will join the podcast. And it's a good bet that owner Glenn Taylor will join the podcast. But that will be later in the week. On this particular podcast, episode 184, we'll get analysis from our good friend, former ESPN analyst, longtime NBA analyst, skills coach, public speaker, David Thorpe, has worked closely over the years with Joe Kim Noah, with Kevin Martin, with Corey Brewer, and other NBA luminaries. So we'll have David on in just a second. Briefly, the Twins have interest in free agent Petra Corbin. Later in the week, I'll do a deeper dive on how genuine that interest is, but there has been dialogue back and forth. The Utah Jazz and Milwaukee Bucks will scout the Gophers-Utah game on Monday night at Williams Arena. Anthony Barr and Stephon Diggs absolutely back on Sunday night for the Vikings against the Bears. David Morgan, unfortunately, out. But I'll do a deeper dive on the Vikings, the Twins, and some other notes later in the week. We will go pretty much all Jimmy Butler trade on this episode. So we'll get to David in just a second. Let me just first tell you about MyBookie, MyBookie.com. They continue to sponsor the Scoop Podcast. We are very grateful for their sponsorship. They help keep the podcast going. MyBookie.com, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, MyBookie.com. I'm telling you, you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points, scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. How about these offers, too, by the way? MyBookie is slammed with new bettors, which is a good thing. So they want to give everyone the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m. Central Time, they will give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Also, if you join MyBookie now, they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code SCOOP, SCOOP, to activate the offer. MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, MyBookie.com. Use the promo code SCOOP when creating your account. They will give you all sorts of cool perks. You play, you win, you get paid. It is MyBookie, MyBookie.com. All right, let's get to David Thorpe. David, always appreciate your time. How about just initial thoughts? The trade is now official as we sit here and talk shortly after noon central on Monday afternoon. How about just initial thoughts on Jimmy Butler and Justin Patton heading to Philadelphia with Robert Covington, Dario Saric, Jared Bayless, and a 2022 second-round pick coming here to Minnesota? 
well, you know, like most deals, the, the smart thing to do is not to do just an immediate reaction, but to recognize that it, we have to see. There's, there's no, this is not a jigsaw puzzle. These are fluid bodies, human beings that can adjust. I, I think there's going to be a period of adjustment in Philadelphia. Ben Simmons can be, uh, he gets, people always get along with him great. Uh, Joel Embiid you know, definitely operates in a very different universe than most human beings, as he should. He's one of the largest human beings and incredibly skilled. Jimmy Butler is not wanting to babysit anybody. He wants maturity and focus. He also wants to be the man, and yet Embiid is trying to be the MVP of the league. Ben Simmons you know, needs the ball in his hands. They're going to have to work some things out. And I'll remind people, in Miami first got together with Bosch and Wade and LeBron, and this to me is the most con- concerning thing I have about the Sixers part of it. Um, they struggled until Dwayne Wade pretty much acknowledged publicly this is, LeBron's, this is LeBron's team, which was amazing, considering it had been you know, renamed from Dade County to Wade County for a reason. Um, but that's what he did, which is why I think they joined up in the first place. I think LeBron knew Dwayne had that kind of character. And, of course, they went to four finals. Uh, ben Simmons is young. He's just trying to figure out. He's not going to He's not going to take a backseat. Joel Embiid is trying to be the best player in the world. He's, he's not going to take a backseat. And Jimmy Butler, I think, wants to get paid $190 million bucks. Mm-hmm. So that is a challenge for Brett Brown. On the other side, uh, you know, to me, bad teams, bad franchises, I should say, always find ways to screw things up. <laughs> so, yeah, they're adding two nice players. I think Sarich can be a, a, a good starter. I think Cummington is a good starter. They're solid players. Bad franchises tend to find ways to screw that up. Uh, and I also wonder when they're going to trade Wiggins because if they wait too long, now they're trading a backup because that's what's going to end up happening. I don't like Ian Covington and together. Uh, to me, Towns' last game, hopefully, is a sign that we're going to start seeing the guy we thought we'd see, which is great. Um, but Wiggins, Wiggins' lack of ability to get to the free throw line, not scoring. They're the worst team in the league defensively. Uh, Sarich isn't going to help that much. Covington will, although Sarich can be fine on defense. Uh, so in a, if it was a better franchise making this move, I'd think, okay, they, they can start moving forward. Now they got this cancer in a sense out of their system. But like I said, until they start doing things really smart, I'll always expect them to do things wrong. Well, we'll bounce all around. Don Wiggins. David, who would take him even right now? I mean, you're saying before it's too late. I'd argue it's too late right now with him making max money. Yeah, it's a fair question. Uh, I'd love to see him in Toronto, which they can't do it probably, or San Antonio. But those organizations, David, like, yeah, aren't those organizations too smart to make the move? Like, he'd love. I, I can promise you, David, he'd love to be in Toronto right now. Isn't that organization far too smart to make an Andrew Wiggins trade? Probably, but it's, it's, I think he's still got a chance to be, I mean, he's, he's 23 now, mm-hmm. 24 in February, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he, he shouldn't have gotten worse uh, outside of with the culture surrounding him. So I do feel like there's still some upside there. But, yeah, you're probably right. It's going to be tough to move. I just would really try uh, and also try to, at the same time to get him back playing well. I, I would tell him that the future is open. You know, Andrew, if, you, if we can get you playing, better, great. But that it just isn't working with, with, uh, with the current regime in place. And it's a sad situation because they do have a lot of money wrapped up in them. Do you like this particular deal versus what Miami would have done weeks ago now 
There's some debate whether it was Dion Waiters as the cap filler or Kelly Olenek. Now, to me, if it was Olenek, Richardson, plus a future first, to me, I would have done that deal. Plus, you could have done that deal four weeks ago to avoid the circus, everything that happened over the previous month. If it was Waiters with three years, $36 million left, that's where I offer pause. So I guess I would understand why the Wolves said no. As much as we like Richardson, we don't want Waiters. I didn't like the Houston deal. I guess they could have done a deal with Washington weeks ago. I heard that they could have gotten Otto Porter, but is Porter really what you wanted at max money or close to max money? So I'm just curious. I mean, did the Wolves, in your mind, make the right deal over half the league or about half the league actually inquired how many total offers they had in the end? That's open for debate, but they certainly had multiple offers. This wasn't the only offer on the table late Friday into Saturday. So I'm curious if you think they made the right offer with everything that was out there. Well, unless you really know the offer, it's tough, right? Uh, It's fair to guess that there probably could have been a little bit better offer. There probably were significantly worse offers. Um, The timing of just being on a losing streak made it, it, I think, had to happen, right? They just had to do it Mm -hmm. uh, with that losing streak and the way they're playing. Um, But like I said, that's what we have to look forward. Uh, the, The deal today doesn't have to look so good if, you know, Sark becomes a borderline, if not all-star, and Covington becomes uh, an all-defensive, all-league player and shoots 43% from three. You know, these things, and Jimmy Butler turns out to not be so good because his his uh, knees and the wear and tear or whatever, and he's just average in Philly, Minnesota will look great. Uh, that's why we have to, we just have to resist the human nature or just make a decision today and, and let it play out. But that's, that's why it's on the franchise, is my point. It's not a franchise to make something good happen, and we've just been sitting and waiting for that Minnesota for a long time, but it just isn't happening. David, I don't sense that Markel Fultz was a sticking point. Like, if Minnesota wanted Markel Fultz, I think Fultz would be a Timberwolf right now. Did the Wolves make a mistake not acquiring Markel Fultz? Not based on what I've seen. I, I've really not been happy at all with what I've seen, but I've not done the research to know how healthy he is. I would, I'd be talking to his people – uh, find out exactly what's going on. Um, you know, they, they've got some, you know, between Wiggins and Towns both, they've got young guys that need oxygen. Fultz is really kind of screwed now in, uh, in Philadelphia because he just, he's just not going to be part of the team. So they're going to have to move him, which is fine. He might be in a better position once he's moved. Uh, I mean, in theory, it's great to get the former number one pick from just a year ago. But he just seems like damaged goods. And it, to me, it's not just shoulder anymore with his shooting. His lower body, it, he just doesn't look explosive to me. Uh, less than I expected. And um, he's just tall and long. So sometimes he makes plays above the rim. And you think, oh, he's jumping so high. But he really isn't. He's just tall and long. And you got to be a high flyer to combine it together to become a star. So, yeah, I mean, they, they might have messed up. I don't know what else they would have gotten. At, at least, uh, to me, if you've got Towns, Again, Williams is probably stuck there, at least for a while, as much as I try to move him. You want guys that can help you win right now. The rebuilding is over. He made the playoff last year for a long time. It looked like he'd be a top four seed. You know, no one wants to sit and start over again. They want to win. So I actually think that part of the deal looks good. Are they, though, stuck in middle purgatory? Like, it's a tough hole to dig out of. They are right now 13th or 14th place in the Western Conference. Are you almost better off hitting rock bottom and trying to chase one of those Duke players? I mean, they got Wiggins. He was a Duke player. I mean, he went to Kansas, but yeah. he was that highly rated. Mm-hmm. That didn't matter. They got Towns. He was a Duke player. He's just went to Kentucky, but same value. 
that's why these franchises are always kind of stuck where they are. Then they just make it. Their, their culture development just are bad. We've talked about it before. There's, if, if Carlton Towns plays like an all-star and Andrew Wiggins at least moves towards where he was when he was averaging 23, 24 a game with Cummington, with Saric, Derek Rose looks great to me compared to where he was, especially never going to be an all-star, but if he can be a plus player, uh, well, I shouldn't say never be an all-star, probably not. There's just many guards in the West anyway. Um, well, all of a sudden, they, they can't compete. I mean, no one's going to run away with the West except for the best team, and that was never a factor anyway for you guys. Portland's the second-best team. They're beatable. They've got flaws. Uh, Minnesota can, can get on a winning streak and all of a sudden be in the eighth spot thing if they can get to four. I mean, they, they've got the talent there to do it. they just got to start guarding people. They're just awful on defense. Does it sound like you're a relatively big fan of, of Sarge? I mean, they need to pay him here in a year or two. I mean, is he... Is he the kind of guy that you would invest $14, $15 million a year in? He, I mean, I wouldn't make that decision until we get there. But he projects there. Uh, let's see how we fit. He should fit well next to town. He's a good, if not very good player at a lot of different things. He's an upgrade over uh, Bielitsa that you have. It's similar in some respects, in many respects. Um, I, I, he was really good when he was playing in Europe. A very high-level player in a very high-level league. Uh, and maybe there's room for him to grow a little more because uh, there's more oxygen compared to what he had in um, in Philly. I mean, in theory, David, I mean, I guess you could argue that having some floor spacers, I mean, Bayless was a throw-in, but having Sarich, having Covington around Towns, I mean, it makes sense in theory, right? Especially if you are, in Tibbs's case, you absolutely want to compete, want to make the playoffs this year. You have no interest in hitting rock bottom again. So in theory... I mean, whether Tibbs uses these guys the right way remains to be seen. But in theory, getting these guys, and from all indications, Sarich and Covington are hard workers. I was texting with Mike Muscala, who's on the Sixers roster, who's a Twin Cities native. I mean, I said, Mike, tell me, you know, we've known each other for years. Give me the lowdown. Tell me the truth. He told me, I swear, these guys are good guys, good teammates, hard workers. So in theory, I think you got the right mix of guys. But to me, the question is, will Tibbs use them properly? Well, so... I look back at just on the defensive side. They're, they're average on offense now, and I think they can maintain that and not even go, maybe even go up a little bit. as talent gets better. Again, Wiggins is such a factor. I think he's shooting less than three free throws a game. It's just you can't have that. It's one of the most athletic guys in the league, in, in, in a league where they're calling more fouls on the defense to protect offensive players' movement. Wiggins is as good a mover as you have. So they've got to factor that in. But I, I look at it on the defensive side. Um, there's something broken when that group is last in the league. And De- Derek is a problem defensively, especially when you play him at the two. Uh, on both ends, really, he's not as effective at the two, in my opinion, as he is the one. Um, there's no reason why Sarge can't be a, a solid defender uh, and coming to a, a level above that, depending on how they want to play. If they want to play conservative, they'll be good. If they want to be a little more chaos-creating, he, he could be very good, if not great. Um, that, that I mean, if I was if I was Minnesota people, I'd be talking about their defense all the time. They're dead last right now in defense efficiency, and I would say by Christmas, you know, they got to get up to 23, 22 um, to show that they're you know they're, they're starting to make the right track. And then who knows? I mean, Utah last year got super hot when Gobert came back, and this team can get super hot defensively and and do what Utah did last year, and they got to a five seed. I mean, does it shock you though? Just on the surface, I mean, Jimmy played in most of the first thirteen games. Andrew Wiggins, his athleticism, Taj Gibson, Carl Anthony Towns, 
Does it shock you that they are dead last in defensive efficiency? Oh, well, only in that what you, everything you said is right. Not shocked because of the tumult, right? Uh, defense is about being connected on a string, and, and you don't get scored on as an individual. We get scored on. It, it, you have to have that mentality. You take it personally, but you also take it as collectively. And there's something broken. There was something broken there. That, I call it, in this case, this is maybe addition by subtraction, getting rid of Jimmy and, and whatever drama that caused. Uh, they have no excuses uh, there. They, they should be a much better defensive team with the people they just acquired and the guys they have there. Now it's up to the coaching staff to make it happen. Tell us a little bit more about Covington. I mean, plus defender, plus shooter, or is that overstating it on a shooting? Um, I, I think he has been. I'm a, I was a big fan when he was in Houston. Uh, I, I thought that was a steal way back in the day when I first saw him play that this guy can be good. Um, I, you know, Philly wasn't doing great. And so I think he's got, I think he's got potential to be a 40 plus percent shooter and definitely a plus defender and, and just a great locker room guy and a worker. Um, you know, if you're building a team around Wiggins and Towns, now the Butler's gone. There's some oxygen for Wiggins. Uh, Rocco and Saric can, can play off those guys very effectively. And, I mean, Wiggins is shooting a three well this year. He's just not attacking. You need to have both of him. Uh, but, yeah, they, they should have at least four, if not five, when Towns on the court. You got five shooters on the court. They should be a top eight offense. They're, they're in the middle now. They, they can significantly improve there. It just won't matter very much if they don't start guarding better. You're right. I mean, look at the game against Los Angeles a couple games ago. David, they made 23 pointers. I mean, how often do you think a team makes 23 pointers yet loses the game? Well, more now than ever before, right? <laughs> sure, but I mean, but, it's uh, still, to me, it's still a rarity. I mean, that speaks to the lack of defense that they actually play. Yeah, you could, we could be on the phone for an hour describing the obviousness of their defensive woes. Um, if, if, you know, Tibbs at some point probably has a meeting today tomorrow and and says we're starting over. We 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 cannot accept this. We have to be a, from here on in. We have to be. A, we need to be a top ten defense. Here's how we do it. Here's how we study. Here's how we prepare. I, I don't know that the guys are listening to him anymore. And he's a lot different than Brett Brown. Rocco and Sarge will have some adjustments to do with 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 uh, uh, the new coach. And they may not like it. Uh, most guys who leave Thibodeau are happy for a reason. How do you view how Jimmy handled this whole situation, Jimmy? You know, Jimmy's agent, Bernie Lee, those also close to Jimmy. I mean, heck, the word is, David, he wasn't going to play tonight. Like, if he was still here past Friday night, he wasn't going to play tonight. He wasn't going to play Wednesday. That Friday was it. So how do you just – how do you view how he handled this whole situation? You know, not living there, and I don't I don't tend to follow off-court drama as much as maybe a lot of people do in the media. Um, I'm, I'm mostly focused on the court. What I know, uh, there's some things I didn't like, I don't, I, but it's not fair for me to judge totally because I don't know everything. I will say this. I, I always side on the, on, the, uh, on the side of the player. They, they just have one career. You know, fans will be rooting for that team for 40 years plus. Owners can own it until their grandchildren take over one day. Uh, coaches can move from place to place and coach for 30 years. Players, players have such a finite amount of time to, to, to play. And if you, for whatever reason, just don't feel it. Uh, you got traded there. You didn't sign there. You got traded there, whatever. And something's really wrong. Then you need to speak up. There's probably a better way to do it than, than what he did. But he got himself out. He got himself on a team contending for a, uh, an Eastern Conference title at least. 
a big, big city, big market, good talent around them. It worked. You know, it worked. And, and Minnesota, I think, got at least a decent return. I, I don't think anyone could say they got killed. Uh, they didn't get killed, um, especially considering we don't know what public's going to be going forward. And, and by the way, they would have had to pay him, too. And uh, people are already talking about now, Philly, Philly's willing to pay that guy 190 and they're, they're not sure he's worth it considering the wear and tear on, Thib- on Thibodeau's players, which you guys have to look at with people like Towns and, uh, and, and Wiggins now. There's no doubt about that. I'll let you go after this, David. Are you curious to see what else the Wolves do here, you know, before the, the trade deadline? I mean, Taj Gibson is on an expiring deal. Derek Rose is on an expiring deal. Anthony Tolliver is on an expiring deal. Jeff Teague has a player option for next year. The Suns are looking for a point guard. I know they like Tyus Jones. Maybe they like Jeff Teague. Are you curious to see what else the Wolves maybe do here in the in the coming months? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, they, they've got a good, solid Taj Gibson off the bench. They've got some depth. They, they're, they'd be smart to not go overboard with um, old guys uh, or, or just solid veterans who aren't on their upswing. Uh, you want, like Toronto's got, you know, three or four guys still. They're the best team in the East, and they have three or four guys that are assets they can trade for a better player if they want to go all in. That doesn't work if you get veteran players. You need to get some guys on the upswing. I don't know if a Kogi is going to make it or not. I'm, I'm not like what I've seen so far. Um, uh, but, yeah, Minnesota, I mean, when you've got one of the best centers in the game, potentially, and you've got one of the best athletes in the game, for sure, and Wiggins, who's just been such an underachiever the last few years, really, the rival Jimmy Butler didn't help. Um, you want to see them contend for at least a playoff spot. What don't you like about Okogie? I mean, to me, the defense is good. His compete level is good. Yeah, the shooting needs work. His dribbling needs work, but I think there might be something yeah. there. I mean, just an athlete, just a lot of athletes. And so what you just said, uh, it, it, they're a team really bereft of guards, uh, which is why I'm concerned with Wiggins playing alongside Covington if they're 2-3. If they're 3-4, that's different. Uh, getting guards on the court to attack people creates uh, lots of options. You, Wiggins in the post can do that too. Um, but you, you've got to have ball handlers, and, and he's not one, and he's not a, he can't shoot at all. And uh, maybe he'll learn to shoot. It's hard. I mean, there's no question you can learn to shoot. I'm a big believer in that. But he's got some work to do, and uh, I just don't know. Depending on what they decide to do, if they play Derrick Rose 30 some odd minutes at the two, or they go with someone else to do that, and they even experiment with Wiggins and Covington and go big at two three, that's going to suck some of the oxygen out of the room for him. And, and you need that. You need you need oxygen to play well. When you don't get it, you suffer. And so we're going to see how that goes with him. But, yeah, he certainly has a chance. I love energy and athleticism, believe me. But his skill stuff, I just haven't seen it. And um, he's, he's young, he's 20 years old, so he's not helping them defensively. But he should be a decent defender for sure in time. But so should most of those guys in that team. Let's go after this. For the immediate future, I mean, I think they roll with a starting lineup of Teague when he's healthy. He might be back tonight, if not back tonight, probably back Wednesday. I think you're right. I think Wiggins at the two, Covington at the three. I think Tibbs trusts Taj at the four, although it'll be Sarich or, or Taj and then Cat at the five. But let's go on the premise it's Taj and then Sarich helps the second unit along with Derrick Rose. I mean, how would you fluctuate those minutes? How do you like that first unit and that second unit? I like Sarich in the first unit. I think Taj is better off in the second unit. But okay. I think you're right. I think initially it's going to be what you said. Um, and I like bringing Derrick Rose off the bench um, uh, as a one. I think that I think you know bringing him in with Taj off the bench because 
touch up Derek's defensive numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they run is really the more important thing because in that first group of Wiggins, that's two. You know, his ball has gotten better, but it's just nowhere close to where it needs to be and, and not effective in the NBA. Um, they need, I, I'd run more. I don't know how much they'll do a, a post split action like the Warriors do where you feed the ball inside your towns and play off him. Sarge actually has some passing ability too. Uh, I'd like him to shoot a lot of threes still and, and because they have those as weapons. I'd like to see a better pace. I don't, I haven't looked at pace this year, but not the last couple of weeks, but Wiggins being so fast, Towns can really run, Covington can really run, Teague is super quick and fast. I'd like to see them play faster. David, always appreciate the time, especially on short notice, and we'll do it again soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. He's a great friend of the podcast, NBA analyst, formerly of ESPN, widely known in NBA circles, has worked with a number of NBA players over the years. It is David Thorpe. All right, I'll just throw out some notes here at the tail end of this mostly Butler-specific, Butler trade-specific podcast. Let me just grab my notes. All right, I mentioned it within the interview with David that Washington was willing to do Otto Porter a number of weeks ago. Now, Washington was not engaged in talks going back the last few weeks. It was one of those deals where Washington, like about half the league, reached out to the Wolves shortly after the trade request went public on September, whenever that was, September 17th, September 18th, right in that ballpark. So Washington, like half the league, reached out. I mean, some teams didn't reach out. Indiana, for example, did not reach out. The New York Knicks, surprisingly, did not reach out. But about half the league reached out, including Washington. Washington said at the time they were willing to do Otto Porter. So we can debate, should the Wolves have done that deal right then and there? Butler for Otto Porter. The Wolves came back to Washington and said, we only want Bradley Beal from your roster. Well, that was a non-starter. Washington said, hey, you know what we'll do. You can always circle back to us, but we are done talking to you. The Wolves never had interest in what Houston was offering. They had zero interest in Nene, zero interest in Chris, zero interest in Knight, who is signed at big money through next year with a bad knee. So they never even gained traction on the Houston front. Miami will always be the interesting one. I think Josh Richardson will be the player we'll look at for the next couple of years and wonder, did the Wolves make a mistake not acquiring Josh Richardson? 100% the Wolves could have gotten Josh Richardson weeks ago, not recently. Miami actually took him off the table, I'm told. But four weeks ago, the Wolves could have had Josh Richardson. The question is, was it Dion Waiters or was it Kelly Olenek? To me, if they could have gotten Richardson, Olenek, and a future first, That was the deal to make. The Wolves tried to get a first from Philadelphia. Philadelphia said no, although I'll continue to say Markel Fultz was available. Put it this way, it wasn't one of those deal breakers. I don't think the Wolves ever pushed. I don't have the sense that the Wolves ever pushed for Fultz, but it's not like Philadelphia was going to say, hey, we won't give you Fultz. Now, to get Sarich, Covington, and Fultz, that wasn't going to happen. But if they wanted two of those guys, and they did. They got two of those guys. They got the two they wanted. Put it that way. They got Covington. They got Sarge. Philadelphia actually had to budge on that. So the Wolves can say, hey, look, we got Philadelphia to budge from a few weeks ago. But I'm just telling you, if the Wolves wanted Fultz, it wasn't a deal breaker. But there just wasn't interest from the Wolves in Fultz. I can just tell you, taking the temperature of a lot of league people I know, I know more than one whose opinion I respect greatly, who said it doesn't matter what the cap filler was to pass on Josh Richardson plus a future first 
was a mistake. My own opinion, the Wolves did fine in this trade. I don't know if they have the right coach to utilize the strengths of Covington and Saric as floor spacers. That might be the next coach. But in theory, running everything through Carl Anthony Towns and having floor spacers around him does make logical sense. Robert Covington is a good player. Not a great player, good player. Dario Saric has the potential to be better than he is. Off to a bad start this year, but he was really good last year. The question is... How much is he worth on a long-term deal? Is he worth $15 million a year? The Wolves are going to have to pay him to keep him long-term, but the question is, how much is he worth? But I'm just telling you, there are league people who will tell you that Josh Richardson was a mistake, that passing on Josh Richardson was a mistake. Something else that was overrated or overstated over the last few weeks was Dallas's interest in acquiring Jimmy Butler. They were like half the league, who inquired. They did inquire. So that is true, but they never had any traction. New Orleans was stated in an Adrian Wojnarowski story from Sunday. It never got anywhere with New Orleans. New Orleans reached out multiple times, and General Manager Scott Layden was certainly having a good amount of dialogue, not only with New Orleans, but with some other teams. But New Orleans was offering each one more and filler. They wouldn't do Drew Holiday. They wouldn't do multiple picks. And the Wolves really, unless the deal was unbelievable, they were not dealing Jimmy Butler to a team in the Western Conference. The Lakers also had interest. The Clippers inquired early. The Wolves asked about Tobias Harris. Those talks went nowhere. The Clippers actually, their interest was overstated this whole time. They did inquire, absolutely did inquire, but interest absolutely was overstated. I'll admit one thing I was wrong on was I thought it would take Glenn Taylor to push a deal, a Jimmy Butler trade, past the finish line. It turns out Tom Thibodeau rounded the corner. He pushed this thing through late on Friday. Now, the Wolves were also led to believe that Jimmy Butler wasn't playing again for them. That Friday was it, that he was willing to sit out here for an extended period. They have been playing like garbage. They don't have a win on the road. They thought they could beat Sacramento on Friday. They lose to Sacramento. Finally, Tibbs turned a corner. Now, Glenn Taylor was involved. I mean, Glenn was on this podcast in the last week, week and a half, saying on any big transaction, of course he's involved. So he did have dialogue with the Sixers owner, Josh Harris. But this was not Glenn pushing this trade past the finish line. This was Scott Layden and Tom Thibodeau. So I'll admit I was wrong on that. I did not foresee Tom Thibodeau pushing a deal, any Jimmy Butler deal, past the finish line. But enough was enough. Tibbs said, hey, I can get some guys that can help me right now. Let's see if we can finish strong. We have 10 of our next 12 at home. The two road games are against lowly teams, including Cleveland. Let's see what we can do these next 12 games, see if we can make a dent in the Western Conference playoff race. So Tibbs is still chasing a playoff berth This year, maybe it's a long shot, especially the hole that they have dug. It is a hard hole to rebound from in the uber-competitive Western Conference. But in Tibbs' mind, they can still make a run here. But I'm just telling you, I'll admit I was wrong. Tibbs did. My intel is Tibbs did push this thing past the finish line. I did check with Bobby Marks, who again should join a future Scoop podcast. I was texting with him over the weekend. He said the league is willing to do trade calls on a Saturday or Sunday, if given some sort of heads up on Friday. Well, the Wolves, while they had an inclination, I mean, talks were advancing as early as Wednesday, but they really didn't go all in until after the game on Friday, so very late on Friday night. So the earliest they could have done the trade call was on Monday late morning or Monday mid-morning. It took place on Monday morning with the trade becoming official Early Monday afternoon. So Robert Covington, Dario Saric, Jared Bayless. Bayless, I sense, will stay here for at least a little bit. I don't think he is here 
past mid-February or into March. He is a likely buyout candidate, but I'm told no official determination has been reached on Bayless. So as of now, Bayless, Sarich, and Covington here. A 2022 second-round pick is here, or at least in the Wolves' possession. Justin Patton and Jimmy Butler are now Philadelphia 76ers. Be sure to check out Fair State Brewing. Think about Thanksgiving coming up. You need to entertain the masses with your Thanksgiving gathering. I'm guaranteeing you the masses would love some Fair State Brewing. Beer, Fair State Brewing Cooperative is the Upper Midwest's first member-owned brewery. They specialize in delicious sours, lagers, and hoppy ales. And they recently re-released Mirror Universe, a double dry-hopped hazy IPA brewed with wheat, oats, Citro, Mosaic, and El Dorado Hops. It was a limited offering in the spring, so maybe you tried Mirror Universe. If you didn't, try it now. Have it for the Thanksgiving weekend festivities. It is available now year-round. Look for it at your local bars and liquor stores. So just check out your local liquor store. Look for Mirror Universe from Fair State Brewing, or you can swing by their tap room in northeast Minneapolis at Lowry and Central. Fair State Brewing Cooperative. Think about getting some Fair State beer for the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday. All right, that'll do it. Again, I'll be back with Glenn Taylor at some point, maybe Terry Ryan, maybe Mike Radcliffe on Joe Maurer. Maybe Ryan Suter was texting with him recently. So I've got all sorts of different guests I'd like to track down. Certainly Bobby Mark, certainly Brian Windhorst. It's just a matter of matching up schedules and figuring out when I can reach them, when I'll be in studio near a microphone. But be on the lookout for those conversations in the near future. In the meantime, that will do it for Scoop Podcast episode 184. Always appreciate you listening. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you, and all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions, plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.